Welcome back, podcast listeners. This is Pastor Brandon, and I'm joined here today by Pastor Megan and Pastor Steve. We are so glad you're tuning in. We continue with our worship series, Grow in Faith, because that's what we're doing through Easter Lutheran Church, through all these fantastic spiritual practices. Last week, uh, we talked about scripture and the importance of dwelling in the word. This week, it's prayer. Our spiritual practice is prayer. So, um, let's see here. You have to say it like that, prayer. prayer. And I just want to go out on a limb and say, <laughs> we mentioned last week that, oh, some people have a lot of guilt and shame around like reading their Bible, like actually cracking the book. Um, mm-hmm. Is it possible that there is more guilt and shame around a person's prayer life or perceived lack thereof? Mm. Anything's possible. Scripture? Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. it's also possible that people are are actually praying without actually realizing it. What? Because um, I think we we can think of prayer as something much bigger than sitting in worship with your hands folded, doing the prayers of intercession, or sitting at home with your hands folded praying for a specific person or thing, because what I want to start with before the Bible reading, which is really challenging, so mm. thanks for picking that one for me, Pastor. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, I just want to start with uh, Pastor Megan, Pastor Steve, uh, how would you define prayer? We, we, we got notably silent for a moment. Um, I would say something to the effect of conversation mm. with God. Um, and I very much intend when you hear the word conversation that you understand that in real conversations there is back and forth mm. there is talking and listening and that in a really good conversation sometimes it's just quiet because <gasps> you're cool with just like being together for a minute yeah. that that would be for me what 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 I would think of prayer as that's really cool and in all honesty, like verbatim, oh, that's what I whoa, would have said. Oh, hey, mm-hmm. cool. Well, and also, Pastor Steve, last week you talked about our relationship with your wife, Lana. And so... <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I think, you know, that's maybe a helpful place to, to think about is, yeah. you know, when you're in relationship with somebody, it helps to be in communication with each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's how you learn more about the other person. That's how the other person learns more about what you care about and you're thinking yeah. about. So it's really hard to be in relationship with somebody without communication. Yeah. And, and, I, and awareness of, of your love sure. for them and their place in your life. Like if I went through my day and just like didn't even treated my husband like a background actor and like that he had no functional role in my life, um, that would not be a healthy relationship. And that uh, would be a one way trip to him or me or maybe both of us feeling pretty ticked. Yeah. So I, I think there's a, also a part of prayer that is about that that awareness, that tuning in, that acknowledgement of God's presence and action in your life daily. Yeah. Wow. That's that's pretty cool. We've all been to that lunch meeting where the other person just talked and talked and talked and never asked a <laughs> single question about you. That's not a great experience. And yeah, it's <laughs> unless they're buying. That's tough. Unless they're buying, then it's all good. As long as the food was good, I can eat more. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Gives me time to chew. <laughs> well, that's very helpful. So, uh, listeners, I, I'd love to hear how how are you defining prayer? Um, what does prayer mean to you? What does that look like in your life? But also, who has modeled prayer for you? Because yes. a lot of times in our lives, we continue maybe to pray the way we've been taught without really thinking about, are there other ways to be in communication 
with God. And so we'll, we'll end today's podcast uh, hearing from your pastors here at Easter about what's their, their favorite prayer practice. Um, so just know that's coming. So if you're looking for something new to try, stick around. We've got ideas, um, I think. Uh, so, Pastor Megan, yes, we sir. are uh, in Mark chapter 11, verses 22 through 25, to learn about prayer. Would you do that reading for us? I would love to. Jesus answered them, Have faith in God. Truly, I tell you, if you say to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea, and if you do not doubt in your heart, but believe that what you say will come to pass, it will be done for you. So, I tell you, Whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. Whenever you stand praying, forgive, if you have anything against anyone, so that your Father in heaven may also forgive your trespasses. Pastor Steve, why is this such a challenging passage for prayer? So many reasons. Uh, First (laughs) of all, because it has been misused quite a bit. Uh, by the vending machine theology where God is just the great vending machine in the sky. And if you get the prayer just right, ka-ching, you hit the lottery, you get anything you want from God. Uh, I don't think it's saying that at all. And the other piece of it is that it's taken out of context because we we got to put it in its context. So allow Always me to do context. that real quick. Oh, so there's three rules you know how there's three rules of real estate? Location, location, location. The three rules of Bible study is context, context, context. <laughs> right? Which really is just location, location, location. Exactly. You know, right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so the context of this is you got to go back to verse 12 where there, the Jesus and the disciples are walking into the city and there's this fig tree. Jesus is hungry. This is the hangry Jesus. This is passage. the hangry Jesus yeah. passage. <laughs> Jesus is hungry. There's a fig tree. It's supposed to have figs. Doesn't have figs. He gets ticked. He curses it. And then he just continues walking into the city. And then there's the big scene where Jesus cleanses the temple. He gets he sees all of this money changing. He gets ticked. Hangry Jesus. He gets hangry Jesus. He starts flipping tables. Mm-hmm. He says, isn't that written? My house shall be called a house of prayer. Ding, ding, ding. For all the nations. But you have made it a den of robbers. Mm. And then they all get mad at him. But everybody's spellbound. And then and then in verse 20, in the morning, they come back. So there's three entrances to the Jerusalem in Mark. But that's different. In the morning, they passed by. They saw the fig tree withered to its roots and Peter remembered and said to him rabbi look the fig tree that you cursed has withered and that's where our text pops in so Jesus is actually responding to this whole thing about a withered cursed fig tree him getting ticked and I just recently (laughs) actually heard a theologian say that he thinks Jesus messed up that this was an example of Jesus sinning. Now, I, I realize this Actually, is heresy, and I'm going to get in some places thrown. that really is heresy. That is so heresy. Why'd you step, man. I know this is. I know this is heresy. So forgive me. I, I'm just quoting someone. I just we heard. have to forgive you because it's in the Bible. Well, passage. also God, only God can forgive you. So we'll see where this. That's goes. right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so, but it's so fascinating. So if you, so basically Jesus loses his temper on this fig tree. Because what if it's not in season for figs, right? <laughs> And he curses this fig tree, and it 
dies. Like he kills something because it doesn't give him what he wants in his hangry moment. Mm. And he walks into the temple and he does the same thing to the temple. And so when he comes back out and, the, and they're like, whoa, you just killed this fig tree, rabbi. And Jesus is like, okay, let's take a step back. What just happened? Um, so you can go too far. And so because verse 25 just kind of just kind of hits you sideways. Like, how does it fit? But when Jesus says, whenever you stand praying, forgive. Why does forgiveness come into this moment? Mm. What if he's talking about himself? Mm. It's like, guys, don't do what I just did. <laughs> this is not a good example. I present to you a negative example of the power of prayer. Yes. That you, in your right? recognition of God's power in your life, yeah. can push it too far in the other direction. Isn't that fascinating? That's an interesting take. I don't know if that's right. You never really heard that yeah, take. Yeah, I hadn't either, but that it's just... But for me, to spitball off that take, mm. it reminds me that, that, you know, again, if I believe in slot machine God... If I play, pray just right, I'll get mm. exactly what I want. Well, I can take that too far and say, God, smite those people. Yeah. Kill oh. those people. Destroy their lives. They are trash and they are dead to me. It's like I, Evan Almighty. Right, right. And now suddenly I'm, I have more power than God Ooh. because God is simply beholden to my demand if oh. I get the equation right. And Jesus is, is, is tempering that by saying, like, sure, God will give you what you need. And add the qualification, you better... Get your forgiveness in there every single time. You better, mm. every time you approach God in prayer, say, I am asking for these things and I recognize that I am sinful and that I mess up and I might be acting more out of pride and self-centeredness than actual faith and dependence on God's will. So is that like a, is that like an off-ramp mm. to us being able to like just boss God around? Oh, well, I, and you know, I was just thinking if we flip the fig tree around and we are the Jesus figure and the fig tree is whatever we ask for God to give us, how many times do we curse God or maybe give up on God because we didn't get what we wanted? Yep. Or, you know, I prayed so fervently for so many years and whatever I was praying for to happen or not to happen still happened. Yeah. Um, you know, where was God in all of that? Yeah. Um, why, why couldn't I make God in my own image mm. and just have God do what I was asking for? And so I, I wonder how many of our, you know, I, I've had experiences like that. So I wonder how many of our listeners have maybe, you know, yeah. given up on God and, then you and prayer. And to hear something like, you know, um, if you do not doubt but believe that what you say will come to pass, it's really easy to say, well, obviously, Pastor Brandon, the, real, the reason you didn't get what you got, wanted God to give you is because you, you didn't really believe it in your heart. Mm. Really, you, really, you're the one who messed up. It, and it completely disconnects us from this whole idea that we pray in participation with God's will and action in the mm. world, not to, to dictate it. And so I really do think that, I mean, I'm Lutheran, right? We've established how, how fairly Lutheran I really am. Um, <laughs> and so I know that, you know, if you do not doubt in your heart but believe, well, even faith itself is a, is a gift from God. Like, even that doesn't mm. come by any strength of will. So it's not like I'm the better Christian and therefore my prayers are going to come true. Um, it's this, this, this mutual combination of God's gifts at work and God's power at work and our participation with God's action in our world. It's, a, um, it's just a more dynamic situation than, than mm. we would want to simplify it to be. So does prayer make a difference? Absolutely. Yes. 
on so many different levels. Thanks so much for tuning in. (laughs) (laughs) And we're out. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. So I will, I, I want to say something about like, how does prayer make a difference? Mm. Because, you know, we'll go deep, deep in the theological weeds for a second, because, you know, a lot of people have this idea about God that, you know, that God is in control and everything's all planned out. Right. And we've had those conversations about how mm-hmm. that we don't really think that way about God, right. that God's not a controlling God. God's not abusive. He doesn't have it all planned out. Like right. the future doesn't exist. So therefore God doesn't know the future. God doesn't control anyone because God is love. We talked about that last week, or right, that, mm-hmm. or two weeks ago, mm-hmm. that God is love, and so love doesn't coerce, doesn't force. Um, and so, you said a word that's so important, Pastor Megan. I'm pointing at Pastor Megan. Not uh, me. <laughs> uh, Pastor Brand said a lot of words, uh, <laughs> but none, none of them were important. important. Uh, is the word is participation, participatory, mm-hmm. right? In in that. Because some people who have this idea of God as supreme being in control of everything, like, well, if God has it all planned out, why do I pray? Well, then prayer is just me, like, getting on board with God. That, I don't think that's really the purpose of prayer. Because if God is inviting us into the next moment to know what is what does love look like in the next moment, um. Prayer is us, yes, getting in tune with who God is, and God is love. And so prayer is this participation with God saying, okay, God, what are we doing next? And it is truly a conversation where God is not this dictator saying, get on board with me or you're out. But God is saying, truly, what are we doing next together? And what does what does love look like next for us? And so prayer is so dynamic. And you see all throughout Scripture that God is actually persuaded by prayer. Mm. God literally changes yeah. God's own mind, however you want right. to think about the mind of right. God. But yeah, God is changed. Mm. Yeah, um, because change is the very fabric of the universe, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. And so prayer is so dynamic. Like we pray... Because God, like Jesus' relationship with God, Jesus called God Abba, right? Had this father-son relationship with, with, with God and, and said, talk to God. Okay, Daddy, here's what I need today. Here's, here's, here. just, like, just like a parent with a child, every parent wants a child to come and sit on their lap and t- just tell me how you're feeling. Tell yeah. me what you need. Tell right. me what you want. I already probably know it. Because, you know, I'm an adult and you're a child, but I still want to hear it. And maybe you're going to tell me something that I don't know. Yeah. And just that dynamic relationship, its that's what prayer is. like, And it never gets old. Hmm. I like that image for prayer as, you know, for the children crawling into God's lap. And, mm-hmm. You know, that, that's where it's helpful for me to think of God as almost a person, right? Um, right. So I, to think about, wow, that those times when I have with my kids when they crawl into my lap and how kind of nice that is. Um, But so, Pastor Megan, Mm. uh, I think we got it all figured out. So, Oh, yeah. How about The thorny problem of prayer completely solved in 15 minutes. Bingo, bingo. Let's, uh, I want to hear from you because we're we're in this uh, 
you know, spiritual practices, mm. growing in faith. What's your favorite way to pray? Mm. So this is cheating. Um, but last week when we talked about, you know, ways we interact with scripture, mm-hmm. I, I mentioned examine as a way that I'd, I'd learned to interact with scripture. Um, and it, it technically is a form of prayer. And uh, wow, it has it has fully changed the way I consider prayer. The, the examine process is basically... Instead of you like writing out petitions, um, intercessory prayer, there's nothing wrong with those things. It's just one kind of prayer. Examine is more of a series of questions that sort of draws you to where have you seen God today? How how have you felt about those things? You know, what has been your, your emotional response to those things in some ways? Where do you see God leading or calling you? And the ways that you can sort of dwell in God's presence, offer gratitude. So really grounded in you know, God's presence and action mm. now. That practice, which I'm bad at, I, I, you know, the good thing about a practice is you don't have to be good at it right away. So that's called a practice. A practice, you keep practicing it. So yeah. I'm not great at examining, mm-hmm. but I, what I appreciate about it is change the way I think about prayer as instead of this obligatory, I will show up every day, I will make my list, I will check off the boxes, and if I miss it, I've messed up. Examine instead invites me into this this more conversational mode where I can I can breathe, I can listen, I can think about God's action not dependent on my word, but God's action continues and is ongoing, and I get to be part of it, even if it's just my awareness of it. Um, and right now, that prayer is is the prayer I need. Mm-hmm. I hope God needs it too because it's working for me. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I love that. And Pastor Steve, how about you? Well, it's interesting how we, we grow and develop mm. throughout our life, and there's different forms of prayer that are meaningful at different times. And um, But for the last few few years, I've been experimenting and growing in uh, a practice called centering prayer, mm-hmm. which is a, a prayer without words. Mm-hmm. And it is just the idea of, or not the idea of, but the practice of, sitting in silence and breathing deeply and trying not to let, like Pastor Megan said, the monkey brain take Mm -hmm. over. Um, Because I am very analytical and I like to think the deep theological thoughts and all that, and that can get in my way. Mm. And so centering prayer uh, is just this practice of breathing in. And and some people combine it with what's called a breath prayer, where Mm -hmm. like you have a word or a phrase when you breathe in that just says like God's love. And when you breathe out, you know, my junk or whatever it is, <laughs> you know, whatever you breathe out. God's love, mm-hmm. my monkey brain. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and, and as, and so part of the practice of centering prayer is like as the intrusive thoughts come and they could be really wonderful thoughts. You just let them pass by. And some people call this a mindfulness practice, but, um, I think, you know, mindfulness practice is really great and wonderful. It's just kind of a secular version of a Christ-centered God prayer. Um, But centering prayer, it helps you go into this realization that all the things that are causing anxiety in your life right now um, are good and real, but they don't have to cause anxiety. (laughs) Because you're actually grounded in the heart of God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's just a really 
helpful practice for me. Mm-hmm. Um, well, mine, I have, I have two that kind of piggyback off each other to piggyback off of Pastor Steve, which you can't see it right now, but I am literally on his back. Um, <laughs> that listener, is so that literally is a lie. not true. As a full scale lie, <laughs> I can't see it though. Um, is you know one of the and I do consider it a, a gift and a challenge. But over the past several years, um, I've been struggling with anxiety, which is new for me. Um, but I think it's a, a whole matter of national events, pandemic, and uh, family history. Um, so one of the things that helps my anxiety is I have a wonderful practice of quiet. So to start each day with the coffee cup in hand, seated, staring out the patio window and just breathing Mm. and enjoying quiet. And if you have children, you know that's um, a gift and rare as well. But also anytime I'm driving in the car by myself, uh, you know, there's no music uh, because it's the kid's CD that's stuck in the CD player. Um, So it's quiet that those are gifts. And I know I'm no Mother Teresa, but allegedly at one point somebody asked her how she prays or what does she ask for when she prays? And she said, well, nothing. I just sit and listen. And so the interviewer said, okay, well then what does God say? And she said, nothing. God just sits and listens too. Um, You know, that gift of being together. But then the other piece is I also pray very actively. Both ends of the spectrum is when I run, um, it's just this ongoing conversation of God of getting all my junk out, you know, while exercising and talking about the day and helping me with this or that and thinking through these things, but also this kind of visual reminder. Also, as I run that sometimes when you're in races, there's people that line the sides cheering for you. Um, well, I actually kind of see those, those people aren't with me, but I see them and remember to pray for them when I'm running. Um, so that's kind of neat, but we, we are at our time. But I think we have some closing comments. Well, the the biggest closing comment, gentlemen, is that this is our uh, this is our last podcast together. What uh, I know, I know, friends, if you are listening, and hey, you hear me say this, so you are, uh, you know that July thirty first is Pastor Brandon and Pastor Steve's last Sundays with us. Mm. Please join us for the celebration for the both of them following 10 a.m. worship. So we're going to say like 11-ish uh, at the lake. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> Frank's a lot. That <laughs> hot dog party is going to be called. Um, <clears throat> and there will be time to say thank you. Um, if there are any uh, words or, or gifts or cards or anything you wish to share with them, you, you'll be able to share those there. Um, if you just want to celebrate and thank them, that's going to be a, I've already decided that the weather will be beautiful. So it's going to be a great day. I've already made that request. Um, but you know, uh, on a more personal level, this is the, the last time I get to sit at a table like this with the two of you and share the, the kind of fun and joy and learning that, that we've been able to share with each other. And, uh, I don't know because I don't talk to all of you, but many of you who listen to this podcast share how much you have appreciated, uh, this time and this learning too. So we all grieve that the two of you are heading out, uh, but we celebrate the things you're heading off to do. Thank you. Five years, Pastor Brandon, five years we've been doing this podcast together. Is that that wild? It's something. It's something. It is a thing that has happened. And I'll (laughs) speak for me because I know this is, I don't, I don't, I can't speak for anybody but myself, but uh, recording this podcast truly for me has been always a highlight of my week because I get to geek out over the Bible with colleagues and what, for, for my little brain, what can be more fun than that? 
Not a lot. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and Easter Lutheran Church is, I think, I need you to hear this. Easter Lutheran Church is a hard place to say goodbye to because it's filled with so many amazing people. And, and that's you, podcast listener. And I think it's, it's hard during times of transition to not say, oh, well, what's wrong with us? Mm. Uh, what did we do wrong? And I think it's time to change that narrative because Easter Lutheran, you are a gifted group of people. And God has so many wonderful things happening here. So I hope you'll actually start looking around and see all those gifts, including your, your lead pastor, Pastor Megan, but all the staff here at Easter Lutheran mm. Church and all those gifts that exist in you. That if you're just thinking, oh, um, maybe I want to sit on the sidelines before I share those gifts with the faith community here. Actually, they're needed. They're needed right now, not just by Easter Lutheran Church, but by our neighbors. Um, So you are a gifted people. Easter Lutheran is a gifted church. And so thank you uh, for sharing those gifts with me and Pastor Steve throughout all these years. We're going to miss you. I'm going to miss the two of you. Although, you know, there will be far fewer dad jokes in my history, and, 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 and maybe that's okay by me. That's like the one thing, maybe. That, that should I'm, be one of the criteria for the next pastor is we'll make how sure are your dad jokes. Add that to the MSP. <laughs> Insofar as I will say, no dad jokes. That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that being said, we'll see you Sunday, podcast listeners. Yeah. Thanks, thanks for tuning in here. Frank's a lot. Frank's a lot. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in here to our podcast at Easter Lutheran Church, where our mission still is to grow in faith and carry on the work of Jesus Christ. Yep, your mic's working. Checkity check check. Check please. And a Polish one too. Wait. <laughs> I got it. I have, work. I have a Polish friend. Oh, and a check one, two. I have a loud voice. (laughs) Check one, two. I have a check one. I have a Czechoslovakian friend. I am Slovak. You are Slovak? You're Slovak. That's what I do every Saturday. Yeah, I'm ready. Slovak. Oh, yeah. My great-grandma would probably take issue with you. (laughs) Growing in faith. May the road rise up to meet you. May the wind be always at your back. May the sun shine warm upon your face. The rains fall soft upon your feet. Until